Hello and welcome to the fortnightly Danube Institute podcast. I'm John O'Sullivan, the president of the Danube Institute. We're based here in Budapest and we're a think tank that brings together interesting thinkers and doers from academia, politics, the arts, the media and business to explore contemporary debates. We have the goal of not only challenging old orthodoxies with new ideas, but perhaps also tempering new orthodoxies with old ideas. We hope you enjoy this podcast, which is co-hosted by two of our fellows, Dr. Callum Nicholson and Dr. David Dewsbury. And now I'll hand over to them. Welcome to this episode of the Chainbridge Podcast. Today is an unusual episode, as the topic is a specialist one of both my co-host David Dewsbury and our guest today, academic and theologian Marcin Kochi. That topic is the meaning and relevance of the work of the 20th century Czech philosopher and dissident Jan Potocka. David has spent much of the last year writing and delivering a series of lectures on Potocka, which are now available on the Danube Institute website, while Martin, himself a specialist on French phenomenology, and particularly its Anglo-American reception, is also a specialist on Potocka, and has recently written a book entitled Thinking Faith After Christianity, a theological reading of Jan Potocka's Phenomenological Philosophy, published by SUNY. Martin is also currently working in a project entitled The Revenge of the Sacred, Phenomenology and the Ends of Christianity in Europe. And from this project, he has a new book coming out. Welcome, Martin. Thank you. So first of all, I thought a question really for both of you, but I suppose start with you, Martin. Um, really, first we should, we should discuss who was Potocka and indeed why were you drawn to his work? So, well, Jan Patochka was probably the most well-known and famous and the most important Czech philosopher of the 20th century. Uh, Patochka was born 1907 and died 1977. That means he lived through two world wars. He experienced the short period of independent Czechoslovakia in the interwar period. Then he experienced the coup d'etat, uh, the communist revolution so to say, and then lived until the end of his life under a totalitarian regime. Uh, he was a classical philosopher who in the interwar period studied in Germany and France and met the most famous philosophers of the time, Edmund Husserl and Martin Heidegger, uh, from whom he, he drawed much inspiration for his own thought. But he was also very important for the underground dissident scene in Czechoslovakia, especially after 1968, after the Soviet occupation of Czechoslovakia, after the so-called Prague Spring period. And he inspired many intellectuals, former politicians, uh, to, to fight against a totalitarian regime. And I find this quite inspiring in his life because he was a typical classical man of letters. He was a man who spent most of his time in the library or in his study room reading philosophy from the ancient uh, Greek philosophy until his, his modern days. Uh, but he was always compelled somehow to translate his ideas, his philosophical thinking into a sort of public relevance. And towards the end of his life, in 1970s, he got engaged with a human rights movement, the so-called Charter 77, which was a apolitical human rights movement in former Czechoslovakia. And this engagement cost his life in the end. So I guess you're drawn to him because you are yourself Czech. And so I imagine he he's, looms large in, in Czech culture and recent history. But David, what about you? you? You've been writing on Potocka for the last nine months. What drew you to him? Well, I suppose um, I, I was first actually alerted to Potocka's importance and uh, some of his writings um, by Jacques Derrida uh, many years ago, about 20 years ago, Derrida's writings um, on the problem of death and the, the importance of death in modern philosophy which contain a very, very nice reflection on Patochka, appeared in English, and I read it at the time. And um, so really, I've known about Patochka for roughly the last 20 years. And the first text of his I read, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Some of our themes kind of are suggested by this title, but he gave a number of underground lectures. So he was, um, Martin can say more about this, but he was forbidden to teach in the universities. 
and he began to hold basically seminars, quasi-academic seminars in his home, secretly. And one of these series of lectures is called Plato and Europe, um, which is the first text that I read many, many years ago. So when I came back to, um, to Central Europe from my time in, in the Middle East, I was thinking about various philosophers who think in a very, very deep way about Europe and its kind of uh, its, its spiritual legacy, for, for lack of a better phrase. And Patochka came to mind um, in that respect. So we've talked about who he is and, and in a sense that he is important. The, the thing I'm wondering then is, is what was he saying that made him so important? What was he, what precisely was he arguing that is so compelling? Well, first of all, he was very important and he still is very important for philosophers of the phenomenological tradition. Phenomenology is a branch of modern philosophy started with Edmund Husserl, who was, by the way, Patochka's fellow countryman, born in uh, the Moravian town Prostyov, even though Husserl himself was German-speaking Jew who moved later to, to Vienna. Uh, Husserl himself was very fond of Patochka, and we have some correspondence between the two where he where they addressed each other as fellow countrymen. So, so they felt this kind of as friendship, one, one, can, one can say. Uh, so, and Patochka studied directly with, with Husserl and that with one of uh, Husserl's disciples, Martin Heidegger, another very important philosopher of the 20th century, who then uh, parted his ways with, with Husserl and developed another kind of phenomenological or existential philosophy. And to say it in a nutshell, phenomenological philosophy is interested in human experience, in the world we experience, in the world we encounter. So also Patochka's habilitation thesis is entitled The World as a Philosophical Problem. The world meaning really the reality we are experiencing. What does it mean uh, that we are, ex what we are experiencing? What's the content of this experience? So that's phenomenology. And this is uh, Patochka's major occupation in the early stage of his, of his career. He also wrote a very important introduction to Husserl's philosophy. He wrote many, many essays relating to, to Heidegger's philosophy. So he's really a, an important figure for specialists. And his texts are until today used uh, at uh, Charles University in Prague when uh, students are introduced to, to phenomenology, they definitely encounter Patochka. But of course, this is kind of a specialist academic philosophy. His major importance is, in my opinion, uh, his interest in the idea of Europe, because he was a kind of holistic thinker. He uh, he was never satisfied with being just a phenomenologist or just an interpreter of Husserl. What was the problem he saw with the way people were looking at Europe that he was saying we need to, to look at it differently? What, what is, the, what is the, the problem that motivates him? Well, he sees a certain crisis of Europe, which is manifested in the wars of 20th century, in our techno-scientific civilization, uh, in a totalitarian regime he experienced... Uh, quite uh, on his own, own skin. And this all kind of manifests for him the crisis, the crisis of Europe. And Europe for him, it's not just a geographical location, it's not just a continent. Uh, it's, it's even more than just a political unit. It's a way of being, a way of being which goes back to the ancient Greece, to, to the birth of philosophy, to the emancipation from mythical structures of thinking uh, to seeing one's existence as responsible and free. This is Europe for him. Ah, so, so Europe, he sees it not... So I suppose this is the link to phenomenology. So correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is most of philosophy is engaged with questions of what is in the abstract and what ought to be in the abstract. But phenomenology is about the experience of life that puts you in a position to ask either of those questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And the uh, and I guess what you're saying here with um, his looking at Europe, he's saying people may look at Europe and think it, it, it is a case of what is Europe geographically, it's this continent, or what it ought to be politically. But he's saying there's also the experience of being European, which is embedded, which leads us into the types of questions we ask about what is Europe and what it ought to be. 
Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I do think so. His question is, what does it mean to be European? And to be European does not necessarily mean to be born in Europe. European culture, European civilization, that's part of Europe. But there is a kind of mode of being European. Yeah. And, and was his argument to say that in the 20th century we had, uh, in the preoccupation with political projects, or indeed geographical statements of what Europe is and what it could be, that we'd lost sight of the spiritual wellspring of those questions? Well, he experienced that at first hand, right? Because he experienced uh, this removal of one part of Europe from, from Europe. And I'm referring now to, to, to the erection of Iron Curtain, of course. And he, he always said that um, Europe, this European spirituality is something what, what's not, what cannot be constrained with, with borders. It's more about a mode of being. And this mode of being is materialized in something he, uh, he called care for the soul. And this is, of course, the notion or the concept taken from, from the ancient Greek uh, philosophy. Uh, but this, uh, this doesn't mean that caring for the soul has always the same meaning. It's more about this posture, this... Well, the uh, impulse to care for something. That care, for, care for one's existence mm. uh, while facing the, the human condition. So is, so is he arguing that... In Europe, there was a tradition of care of the soul, but that had become lost in uh, in in the birth pangs of modernity. In a sense, is that is that what he's? Well, he he definitely sees this care for uh, this caring for the soul in crisis, uh, due to various various reasons, and his project is not about um, about reconstituting this care for the soul as a kind of political unit. So he is not longing for for creating a political structure or a religious structure which would be capable of introducing again this caring for the soul. He's rather asking this question, what does it mean to care for the soul today? Uh, or in his, in his context, uh, in a communist Czechoslovakia, in a total, totalitarian regime, uh, what does it mean to, to, to care for the soul? And part of my interest in Patochka is um, that he insists that remembrance is crucial to care for the soul and yet remembrance is not adequate remembrance is not enough so even the title plato in europe it's it's a very open-ended series of lectures and he's always pointing us beyond what has been handed down beyond the dogmas beyond the structures which we simply receive which you kind of referred to as mythical thinking right uh, and we could say much more about this and yet there can be no care for the soul without this this work of memory, it seems to me. And um, do, do you agree that the part of the task of care for the soul for Patochka in what was for him the present day, the late 20th century, behind the Iron Curtain, involved a kind of careful, patient dwelling with the sources of the, the, the way of being, which is Europe, which is, you know, the, the Greek and the Christian tradition of thought? Absolutely. Patochka has this phrase that Europe stands on one single pillar, and that's the Greek pillar. And by that, he, uh, he means the Greek philosophical tradition, which is, of course, then carried on uh, by the Christian tradition, uh, somehow recontextualized, somehow reinterpreted. But it's still the same, same tradition. Uh, the tradition of caring for the soul. And what does it mean, this caring for the soul for him? is basically uh, putting the individual person at, in the center of everything. That we are persons in interpersonal relations. We relate to each other. Uh, so we are not just random units. We are not just a whole, uh, to the totality of some 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 particles coming together the we are a complex reality as as a humanity as as uh, as humans in interpersonal relations and caring for the soul means coming um, yeah coming to terms with this this reality with the human condition with with the situation uh, of of our being in this in this world and he seems to indicate um in a number of passages in one of the texts which we have both worked on the heretical essays 
that um, part of the Christian contribution to this ancient Greek tradition of care for the soul is the idea that the soul needs to concern itself with its its final destination, its destiny, which he calls uh, care for the salvation of the soul. But d does this idea that each individual, each person has a sort of an arc and a trajectory and that their life is a drama that they need to attend to and kind of shape, is this part of the, uh, the picture? Well, with Christianity, the thing is that Patochka really uh, sees Christianity as something very important in our tradition. Maybe a few words about his personal relationship to Christianity. He was a baptized Catholic who, interestingly enough, left the church during the period of the first Czechoslovakian Republic, as was the custom of the day, so to say. But a year after he, he had left the church, he returned back, which is a very interesting move. Uh, we know he... He had many friends among theologians, but mostly Protestant theologians, and he wasn't a particularly practicing person. But if you look at his writings, you find an interesting red, red line of, of his, his thought, and that's Christianity. Christianity uh, his, uh, is, is something very important. His first publication is entitled Theology and Philosophy. His last finished publication is entitled on Masaryk's philosophy of religion, but by religion, Patochka always means Christianity. So there is kind of continuity, even though it's a bit hidden in between lines on uh, or in, in the massive over of, of, of Patochka, but there is a constant interest in Christianity. And why Christianity is so important for him? I, sa I said that uh, he is a classical philosopher, interested in Plato, in, uh, in the Socratic way of thinking, a typical classical uh, ancient philosophical thought. But he thinks, okay, Christianity adds something different, something more to, to, this, to this tradition. And that is that for, for Plato and Socrates, of course, uh, the philosopher is the kind of hero. Is is um, it's a person who who knows about history and what's what's going on. And Patochka sees Christianity as a certain democratization of this of this experience of this experience of caring for the soul without necessarily being an intellectual. Christianity is a is a movement. It's a movement which allows uh, Christians or those who are in touch with with Christian culture, to participate in this experience of caring for the soul without necessarily being aware uh, on, the, on the level of consciousness of this experience. And I, fi I find this quite, quite interesting. That's why he sees Christianity as a very important movement in the European history. From listening to David's lectures over the past few months, I mean, it seems to me that Patochka was trying to weave together a perspective based on three axes. So it's kind of a, a spatial axis of, of Europe, particularly as, as distinct from anywhere else, a temporal axis in terms of who's interested in, in history, and then a sort of a conceptual reflexive axis, which is about the care of the soul. And it seemed to be what he's arguing was you can't, you can't uh, separate any one of these out from the other two, that the history of Europe is about the care of the soul. It's about history. These three axes seem to weave together. And um, I'm wondering from this that uh, if you think that's fair to say these three themes that come together, history, Europe, the soul, in a mm -hmm. sense, um, what was he hoping to achieve or to, what sort of insight was he trying to bring to people? Was he trying to get people to reconsider what is Europe, uh, to reframe it, to remind them that our history is grounded in an understanding of the soul and that indeed that history uh, has led us to a terrible place in the 20th century and and what we can do was he therefore trying to suggest what we could do after that um after christian or after this period well he or, or sorry was he saying is he saying what comes next or was he saying here's what we now need to do in light of this history mm -hmm. first of all what he tries to say is what the european history or history in general is not about uh, that's why he he entitles uh, his major writing heretical essays in the philosophy of history because thinking about history for him is uh, of course thinking in in a certain philosophical context and when he says heretical essays he 
he's quite uh, consciously saying that, okay, I'm going to commit few few heresies against standard understandings of, of history. So one of those understandings uh, is the Marxist understanding that the history is sort of guided by uh, an abstract uh, force the, or class struggle. And Batochka says, no, this is, this is not the case. There is no, there's, there's no, no abstract force which draws us to, to, to wars. He's also committing a heresy against uh, classical German idealism, that the point of history, the point of Europe, is the realization of the absolute spirit. He's also committing a kind of heresy against a classical mainstream understanding of Christianity, that the point of history is the eternal salvation. He, he sees kind of uh, life after death, which is disconnected to, to this world as, a, in his own words, a metaphysical, a cheap metaphysical happy end. But still, the tradition, as I've said, is important. Christianity is important. And what he's trying to, to say is basically that care for the soul concerns a human person, an individual. So in the center of the European care for the soul, in the center of history, there's the drama of, of a person and Christianity materializes that for, for him yeah, in an excellent and in an eminent way. Because of course Christianity puts, uh, and he says, uh, says it in heretical essays, right, that uh, the, this drama comes to, to a person, the incarnate, the God who, who becomes a person among, among persons. And that's, that's for him the most important thing, not to forget about the, about the single person and our interpersonal relations. In other words, what's come next or what is the solution to the crisis of Europe is just to realize that we, we are not governed by abstract forces, but that, uh, that we have to, the challenge is refocus to interpersonal relations and put person in, in the center of everything. And could you say a few words on, he, he makes this claim, which you uh, mentioned last night in your very fine lecture here at the Danube Institute, um, and, and I also cited during some of my, my lectures, he talks about the fact that in the technological civilization, which is one of the phrases he uses to describe modern Europe, um, the individual, the person is stripped of all mystery as is everything else he says. And there, there seems to be a double idea of kind of an objectification and a demystification of the human person, which he regards as a fundamental betrayal of the European legacy, the European mode of being, way of being. Could you say a few words on this? Yeah, of course, this is uh, the inspiration he draws from his teachers, both Husserl and, and Heidegger, who are very critical about Europe and Europe as a kind of scientific uh, culture which uh, which has tendency to objectify which has tendency to think mathematically and, and logically about everything including interpersonal relations so that that's one part of of the story that uh, patochka is very critical um, about this yeah you 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 call that uh, objectification or uh, techno-scientific mastery of, of a human, human person, but we can translate it into our terms. Uh, if, we, if we look uh, how much we are connected online, how much we, uh, uh, our lives are datafied yeah, and trans, uh, transmitted as, as data, uh, anonymous data, this is kind of the same uh, same same train of, t of thought about which Patochka would be very, very critical. And then there is the other uh, part of story that this objectification, this mathematization, this uh, very objective approach to to human existence uh, leads to this dem mm, uh, demystification or demystification of a human being, which means that of course we we are losing something Patochka. Uh, would call vertical thinking that we are remaining just on the horizontal level of our experience and we are not allowing any kind of transcendent thinking which doesn't necessarily have to be a religious transcendence uh, yeah but it is it is kind of openness to to something beyond ourselves 
whatever it is. Because Patochka, even though I said, uh, was very interested in Christianity and even in theological ideas, he was very cautious to, to remain a philosopher, to remain the one who, who talks about this world, our experience in this, this world, uh, without offering any kind of metaphysical solution. But definitely the openness to, to transcendence is a part of his philosophy and his thinking, and it's a part of Europe. It seems to me that he's part of a broader tradition. I mean, when uh, hearing both you and David speak about Patochka in recent months, it reminds me of uh, uh, you know Max Weber's phrase, the disenchantment of the world, or if you look at um, Oswald Spengler's decline of the West, this idea that uh, the West was becoming ossified into a set of uh, formal structures instead of an organic culture or a... Um, or even Wittgenstein's um, lament that we live in a very sort of scientific culture now. And there seems to be a trend in that generation, which I think is really interesting. And Patochik seems the back end of that generation of these often men, usually from Central Europe, um, who uh, seem to be, uh, well, have seen the, the, the cat catastrophic consequences of the sort of disenchanting of things. Um, but... Uh, the, he reminds me also, listen to both of you, of another philosopher, uh, Levinas, who is a French philosopher, I think originally of Lithuanian descent, who was Jewish. And he wrote about how the, 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 the foundation of philosophy should be really the experience of the other. It should be that relational experience you're talking about, Martin, this, this sense of the, 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 the core unit of our lives is not some abstraction, it's it's not uh, uh, anything, uh, you know, political per se, but it's the human experience. But of course, Levinas himself wasn't Christian. And I wonder if, um, if Patochka, what is it about Patochka's ideas that so hinges on Christianity? Because the pattern, again, of, of the problem he's citing has been cited by many philosophers in the 20th century, not all of them Christian. And indeed, the solution he's offering has been cited at least by, or there's a parallel suggestion by someone who was not Christian. And so I'm wondering, what is the distinct contribution here of the Christian framing on it? Well, the question of Christianity and Patochka, uh, it's a challenging question because many uh, interpreters of Patochka's work wouldn't even pay attention to, to his ideas uh, about Christianity or would just undermine his, uh, his uh, Christian thinking as Derrida would uh, would name it yeah? because Derrida, for instance, saw Patochka as an eminent Christian thinker, and and it's worth pointing out that Derrida, of course, was himself Jewish and and in large measure responsible for uh, the sort of uh, canonization of, of Levinas. I mean, he did a great deal to disseminate Levinas's thought. That's that's an aside. That's an aside. Uh, that's a perfect comment, and uh, yeah, Patochka's Christianity. Or Patochka's, uh, what Patochka sees as a unique Christian contribution, mm, he, he, he doesn't want to reconstitute Christianity as a kind of religious structure. He's, he's again interested in Christianity in very analogous term uh, to his interest in Europe. So when I've said that Europe is for him not a political unit or not merely a political unit, it's a mode of being the same applies to Christianity. Is he arguing with Christianity that Christianity is a reflection of something already in the European soul, so to speak, or the European culture? Or is he saying Christianity manifests that? And the reason I ask this question is that you've traced the root of things back to the Greeks as the uh, the central pillar of, uh, well, I think you may not, we may not have done this on microphone, but I think it may be in beforehand. We were talking about how the Greeks um, were seen as the, 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 I think Patochka said, was the pillar on which the rest of the European traditions came from, but of course the Greeks, uh, you know, weren't Christians. So, um, so I'm wondering, is the is it that Christianity managed to effectively distill something that was already resonant in the European character, if we can say that, or was Christianity itself a new thing? Well, Christianity radicalizes this European experience of caring for the soul because it's a it's a radical democratization of this experience. So you don't have just philosophers who are aware of this experience. You you don't have just intellectuals who who are sort of caring for this experience. You have Christianity, which brings people together, very different people from very different backgrounds, and allow allows them to share this experience together. So when Christianity 
is a kind of transmission of caring for the soul. It is not meant primarily as an intellectual group of people reflecting on this experience. Rather, Christianity is a place, it's a, it's a, it's a space and time where this experience, this European experience of caring for the soul is lived and materialized. And that's why I say Christianity for Patochka, it's not a religion or not merely a religion. It is rather a mode of being. It's, it's the way we are inhabiting this, this world. And it's kind of returned to a very traditional understanding of Christianity, or at least the, this was this was very, uh, this is very similar to, to how first Christians understood themselves, that they are kind of living philosophical life, that they are on the way that they are moving from, uh, they are constantly on the way, on, on the move. And this is what Patochka finds very interesting. So he's not proposing any kind of new ecclesial structure. He's not searching for, for, for a concrete model of, of Christianity as a religion. What he's trying to, to point out is that Christian existence is, is a European existence. And that means caring for the soul. And maybe we can elaborate more on this content of the caring for the soul, because I've said Patochka is far from offering kind of predetermined program. So he is not giving us answer what kind of Christianity uh, is credible. It's more like, okay, uh, care for the soul means to to really realize our position in the world, uh, in in the Greek tradition. In other words, it means to to care for one's existence, which is a finite existence. It means somehow to to strive for for meaning, in spite or perhaps due to our finitude. And this kind of grappling with finitude, this kind of experience of being shaken. Uh, having all the meaning shattered. Th this is very important for Patochka. And this is something what happens in the Greek philosophy. This is the emancipation from myth. When philosophy starts to, to realize uh, these things and think through these things. But that's the intellectual level. And then comes Christianity, which radically democratizes this, this experience of being shaken, being face-to-face, -face, uh, life not life without meaning, but life with a shattered meaning. History with, with a shaken meaning. History full of, full of questions. And Christianity allows every single participant of, uh, of the Christian tradition to, to, to take part on, uh, in this uh, and to somehow, to somehow be, be aware of this experience uh, of being shaken without necessarily reflecting on this experience philosophically. So it's a kind of existential philosophy, but a very hesitant existential philosophy. It is not a kind of existential existentialism uh, which is atheistic, which is uh, about the death drive, which is about um, the death as the ultimate uh, yeah, end of, of life from which we have to draw the meaning. It's more about our grappling with being finite, our grappling with our peculiar human uh, situation in the world, and searching for, for 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 meaning in this kind of situation. At the risk of losing the thread, I, I want to come back to exactly where we are now in, in kind of this uh, question: what what is care for the soul for Patochka? But but circling back just very briefly to Emmanuel Levinas and the Greeks and the Christian legacy, I just want to point out: now, on the one hand, I want to be extremely careful because Levinas was, among other things, very famous for teaching his philosophical students in Paris the Talmud on the weekend um, and uh, getting them reading Hebrew uh, and, and, and the, the, the late antique conversations, rabbinic uh, controversies in, in Babylonia and in Jerusalem. So on the one hand, I by no means want to indicate that Levinas is simply drawing upon the Greek tradition, but I do want to say in briefly and in passing that the early Christian milieu that Martin has already alluded to, in which the salvation of the soul is tied to the philosophical life, 
this tradition is tied to a, an earlier Jewish tradition in which there's a very, very sustained dialogue with Greek philosophy. So the idea that somehow the religious life, the life which is shaped by an encounter with the, the one, the universal, the absolute, which is the divine, right? And the idea that this encounter with the absolute occurs in history and has a kind of dramatic structure this is something that really derives ultimately from the Jewish encounter with Greek philosophy antedating the life of Jesus by a couple of centuries. I hope this is not too convoluted. All I'm really trying to say is that the fact that someone like Levinas in the 20th century, coming from a, a very uh, committed Jewish tradition, and the fact that he could perhaps um, touch upon many themes which are also of interest to Patochka, ultimately stems from, I think, very, very ancient encounters between both Judaism and Christianity and, and the Greek legacy, which, which Patochka uh, points us back to. Um, but, but we were discussing, we were discussing the shaking of uh, the soul um, when, when I intervened. So could we come back to this theme? And I suppose I, I, I'm interested, you did not mention, I don't think the phrase yet, but you, you, you brought us to the concept of shaking in Patochka's thought. This is something that occurs within the person. And um, Patochka introduces this phrase, solidarity of the shaken, which indicates that this personal experience is something that binds us to others in, um, in significant ways. Could you perhaps... Could you also just clarify, because I, I'm, I myself not as theologically uh, uh, attuned as, as I think you, the view, what is, what is shaking? Mm -hmm. uh, from a, uh, explain, explain in layman's terms, uh, to be shaken in the, in the sense you mean it. Well, to be shaken for Patochka is a kind of fundamental human experience shared by every single human being. And being shaken is just the term how to talk about our human situation, our human condition. What that mean? Uh, that our life is finite, that we are struggling constantly with, uh, with giving our life certain meaning. And this kind of fight, this kind of conflict, which is internal to, to the human person, this is, this is what I would call being, being shaken. So maybe to use an example, for instance, uh, recently we lived through, through pandemics. We, we have a war in, in Europe. Those are all very disturbing events which are affecting our, our individual lives. So we are asking certain questions and we come to an end that our existence is, is kind of shaken. We are not certain anymore whether uh, we can rely on... So is it the sense of the, the, um, uh, the humility and doubt that comes through recognizing life as uncertain, it's ephemeral, uh there is a great deal of chance and fate and so on and so it's that sense of of being shaken out of your hubris in a sense that you can make make yeah, things certain but those events which are which i mentioned they are not the cause of this shakenness in patochka's opinion they are just you know manifestations something what makes us aware of of a fundamental shakenness we we already carry in, in ourselves. I've, I've always liked the distinction with the word apocalypse from meaning uh, uh, the modern understanding of the word apocalypse is cataclysm. So you'd look at a war or a pandemic as cataclysmic, but in some ways they're apocalyptic in the original sense of the word, which is revelation. It re reveals that things were never as certain as we thought. Mm -hmm. So I suppose it's, it's that sort of re revealing. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, phenomenology works with, with the concept of revelation or manifestation. So but for instance, in another example from Patochkava's heretical essays, he talks about war and about individuals experiencing war, referring to Théâtre de Chardin on the French side and uh, Ernst Junger on, on the German side. And what he wants to say is that their experience is fundamentally the same experience, the experience of being shaken, because the war... Uh, opens for them this kind of fundamental uncertainty and the realization that human life is about grappling with finitude. History is about grappling with uh, the question of meaning. And this, this is what, what, what means being shaken. This is something like a grammar 
of, of being human for Patočka. And on the basis of this, this grammar, Patočka believes we can, we can create community, even though we are different, because there is something what we share. And that's this fundamental shakiness of being human, being in the world, having, having experience of the loss of meaning. meaning. Uh, and on this basis, something like a solidarity is, is possible. Another word uh, that Patochka uses, at least in English, you might know the original term, which is rendered this way, but in his English essays, he talks about being undaunted. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be a certain call for courage. So shakenness is sort of the, the negative experience. But he wants this negative experience, which, as you say, is something every human uh, has knowledge of, to lead to a new state of a kind of positivity, right? But a, pos- a, a positivity which does not forget the fact that it is rooted in this, this deeper kind of experience of fragility or, I mean, a number of words could be put forward. But I'm curious... Um, how how would you could you say something more about this call to be in uh, undaunted or in solidarity with, with with others yeah as you said it it starts with a certain negative experience or rather an experience with negativity but it's not meant to to stay there uh, it's uh, patochka's patochka's uh, ambition is actually to to point out beyond this negativity and to create a kind of positivity from within this negativity. Me, and that's why he he doesn't stop uh, with being shaken, but he he brings, uh, uh, he puts on the table this, this solidarity. And of course, traditionally, this notion of solidarity uh, can be interpreted that there is a group of people and individuals are liable for, for each other. And often this solidarity is built uh, upon certain solidity that a group of people has something in common. They are f- fellow countrymen, they are mm, Christian brothers or sisters. Uh, they or, just, shared, or a shared predicament. Of co- yeah, absolutely. And Patochka is trying to somehow emancipate uh, this solidarity of the shaken from this kind of solidity. So the, when he talks about the solidarity of the shaken, he wants to rely on this grammar, on a fundamental human experience of, of being shaken, because being finite is something what is shared by every single human being, even though we are very different. So there is something universal, and that's positive already, to, to have some kind of universal ground on which we can stand together without neglecting our particularities. So when he talks about the solidarity of the shaken, he he always thinks, okay, people who, who realize this kind of shakenness, who realize that we are in a situation which calls for for response, so, uh, and responsibility is uh, uh, related to, to giving uh, a response. So for him, there is no predetermined content. So he doesn't offer a solution for for Europe or for Christianity to, to come. He just say uh, he just says that we have to come together and we have to, from within our experience, from within our particular situation, ask questions about credible Christianity, about credible Europe. And what does it mean to, to be European? What does it mean to be Christian? Or you can apply it to not to such grand questions you can apply to very concrete questions and that's the end of Patochka's life right when he stood up for uh, arrested uh, hippie uh, musicians with whom he had nothing in common no kind of solidity but he shared with them this solidarity of being shaken this makes me think that um well I remember reading once the great historian of ideas, um, Isaiah Berlin, and he talked about the pursuit of the ideal. And he said that there are many traditions that have pursued the ideal, and it's always presumed that the truth exists, that we can access it, and then we can apply it in some way. And it seems to me, if you, based on what you're saying, is that the 20th century was largely a history of people having the hubris to think that it's possible to secure things so nothing shakes, that, that we are secured. Uh, fascism clearly had this idea if we can just get rid of all the people around us 
and secure the motherland. You know, we are secure. And communism is like, if we just have the right political economy here, we can secure everything and it's all going to be fine. And there's, of course, a certain hubris in that. And I'm wondering if Potochka, therefore, was seeing in these cataclysms that revealed to us the hubris of those movements, whether he saw an opportunity now to reinstill in their wake, in the vacuum left after their their internal, you know, their, their hypocrisies and their, and their evils, essentially. If you saw an opportunity to reinstate that sort of humility, to say, to be shaken is not necessarily a pathology, but it is a shared predicament. And it's the very fact that shared, it's an opportunity for social, for, for solidarity, in mm-hmm. a sense. Is that basically what he was trying to do in terms of his, his well, ideas in the late 20th century? Mm-hmm. I suppose? When I talk about this being shaken, uh, I, uh, I could also use um, the Greek term for that which is polemos, which is a conflict or war. Uh, but when he he talks about it as an internal conflict, uh, you use the word predicament, he would probably say principle, uh, relying on Heraclitus uh, saying that the polemos is the ruler of, of everything. It governs everything. And it, it doesn't mean that the war... Uh, is is kind of uh, you know the god, but it's it's our internal conflict which governs everything. So for for Patochka, there are definitely certain principles to which we can adhere in order to look for 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 solutions. And one of those principles is this uh, realization of of being shaken, or rather this experience of being shaken. Because as I've said, Christianity for him is a great democratization of. Uh, of this shakenness, of this solidarity of being shaken, realized in a, uh, in a religious way. Another thing I wanted to say is that Batochka. Uh, well, can I add? Yeah. Another word, since you introduced the Heraclitian word for, for war or conflict, another word that Batochka uses to describe this shakenness when he's discussing Christianity is guilt. Mm-hmm. And he says guilt is a fundamental experience um, that uh, is a, a, a sort of shaking, right? And certainly the church is, in a sense, a solidarity. It's, it's a society founded on those, all of whom, at least in theory, recognize that they are guilty mm-hmm. in some way. And it's out of this experience of guilt that they begin to try to live in, in some of the ways you've described. Follow the way, yeah. And it relates to what you've said about the ideal and kind of a, a broken ideal because Patochka, um, I've said he believes in principles, but uh, I think he doesn't believe in ideals. Uh, and you can see it in some of his other writings, which are not so explicitly related to religious or the European questions. But in the 50s, he, he writes this very interesting text, Negative Platonism. So, uh, it's negative and Platonism. So the Plato and the Greek philosophy is still important, but it is kind of different Platonic philosophy. And uh, in very simple terms, Patochka wants to say that real Platonism, the negative Platonism, the irony which is inscribed into Platonic dialogues leads us to, to the realization that it is not the idea to which we are drawn, or to put it in other words, Yes, we are drawn to to a certain idea, but we do not own this idea. We cannot master this idea. So he talks about this concept of horismos, the gap, the gap between us and the idea. And he says, we have to focus on the gap. We have to think through the gap, not in all, because our, our task is not to get to right ideas. And once we master them, we have them forever. No, our situation is to, we are stretched between our situation here and kind of future ideal world, but we cannot master and we cannot reach this ideal world. That's why Christianity is so important for him, because his idea of Christianity is not to create a perfect religious structure. He, he wants to say something very similar what what David has uh, has mentioned in relation to guilt. Yeah, we realize that Christianity, that Europe is not perfect. And that's why it is actually important uh, to, to think through 
Christianity, to think through Europe again and again, and not to idealize it, not to not to long for any kind of perfect perfect structure, but to to live in this situation, in this world, and somehow to take take position. Pose an idea of what I've seen Christianity as being, what's unique about it. I'm wondering if it is correct and if it links to Patochka. It seems to me the thing that, and I speak as someone who's not Christian, but my observation is, and the thing I find very compelling with the Christian, uh, the Christian tradition, is it's founded on quite a revolutionary inversion, because typically forms of faith put the the king as the as the god or the highest, most powerful thing. But to take the humiliated slave or to take the man on the worst thing the Romans invented, which is um, the cross, and to take that image, that that you know rated eighteen image in a sense, is is uh, and to invert the entire uh, sense of where morality lay and where where goodness lay, it lay not in the powerful but precisely in the persecuted, which I suppose is to say it's a soul which is well, that position of being broken or fallen in a sense is a is there is there is humility in that there's beauty in that there is there is faith in that I suppose. And it seems to me in the care of the soul of centering that, saying there is not simply a soul, but it's in constant need of care. It's never perfect. You know, there is this process of 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 needing to care for it. And that that I suppose when I was asking before about what's different about the focus on Christianity in Europe and the care of the soul, would that be fair to say that sense that we are always in a state of being broken or fallen or 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 vulnerable, uh, shaken? Absolutely. This is in my opinion, Patochka's point. That's why he's so important for my theological thinking. Because uh, in my coming book, I dialogue with many philosophers who are rereading Christianity. And many of them are looking for a kind of ideal structure. Either they are projecting this ideal structure of Christianity uh, to the future, or they want to go back to the past. And I think Patochka is very realistic in this uh, in this respect. He doesn't want to go back to rediscover a pure origin. He doesn't want to go simply to the future to project a new new Jerusalem on Earth. He wants to somehow think through great traditions, through the past, for the present, in order to open kind of future. Martin Kochi, thank you very much, and David Dismery, thank you very much.